Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Let's welcome Albert Breer in, and we'll go over some stuff with him. Albert, welcome. How are you? Hey, what's up, Mike? How are you? Do I have the thing in my hand that is your latest mock? Uh, yep. That, that's it? That's the latest one? Okay. That's the latest one. All yeah. right. So you have Murray going to one. Do you do you find it puzzling that they have acted the way they've acted with Rosen the last couple of days? Does that have something to do with the baseball language in Murray's contract? I think it's the smoking gun on the whole thing, Mike. I mean, they've – I mean – uh, Josh Rosen's been in the dark the whole time, and to me, that's I mean, this is your franchise quarterback. I don't think you're acting this way as your franchise quarterback if you're not planning on taking Kyler Murray. And so maybe you know they're using this as some sort of smoke to make sure that they get the, the, the terms that they want. In the contract. Yeah, I heard they but, wanted some kind of money damages if he if he bolts to baseball. Right, and like that's what makes this a little unusual. I mean, most of these contracts, there's almost nothing to negotiate since the new CBA went into place in 2011. But obviously, the baseball aspect of this does you know make it so there'd be some concern that if you know his career gets off to the wrong start, that yep. he would walk. And so. I think the team obviously is going to spend the one, number one overall pick on it, pass on Nick Bosa, pass on Quinn and Williams to take him. They're going to want some sort of protection in the deal to assure that the kid's actually all in on football. And, so that makes and, I, and I asked somebody that I trust, I said, what about Murray baseball? He said three years from now, maybe two, he'd be batting leadoff playing center field for some <laughs> team. I mean, I – I'll he said he's that. that good. He said he's an absolute line drive yeah. machine with speed, and he's a very good center fielder. Well, you got better baseball sources than me, so I'll defer to you on that. But I, I, I just tell you, I, I know, um, you know, certain teams obviously have to prepare for the possibility that he was going to fall in the draft, right? And I know that some of the teams that were sitting there, you know, ten to twenty, um, you know, had had to prepare for this, and, and were very. You know, very much asking that question in their meeting yep. rooms. What happens when the money starts to even out? Because the A's were willing to go to almost nineteen million dollars. Yeah, they, he's the real thing. They and listen, the right. A's don't throw money around. They know this guy's the real thing. He's a right. really major prospect. There's no question. Right, and so like you know, some of these teams are looking at it and they're like, well, you know, based on our slotting system, you know, our money if if you're drafting eleven, twelve, the money's worse in football than it is in baseball. Yep. That's just to start with, and so. A lot of these teams, you know, were very much researching that. There was that concern that, uh, you know, a if the money is not the same, or if he were to fall, that uh, that 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 he would turn back to baseball, or b if things don't go well early on in football, he could turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to go over to baseball now. Yeah, and he's got a little Dion in him, this kid, because I heard tonight the suit he's going to wear is going to be utterly ridiculous, from what I understand. So he's got he's definitely got a little Dion in him, so I could see him bouncing back and forth, you know. Well, he's got he's got a high bar to clear there, then. So he does, you know, as Dion Dion pulled some crazy stuff, with, you know, with, with with when he was playing baseball, uh, and and Dion wasn't nearly as good in baseball as he was in football. I mean, I don't know if Murray would be, but right. Dion was a, as we know, a great all-time corner. He was yeah. not an all-time baseball player by any stretch. Right. He was a I decent mean, baseball player. Hey, I was I was a kid. If I yeah. remember right, Bo Jackson was a way better. No, Bo Jackson was player. a legitimate all-star yeah. baseball player. Yeah. Uh, right. Dion was yeah. not. Dion right. could run, but he wasn't a big hitter. Uh, right. Hey, uh, let's say so Bosa two, and then you have the Jets trading. Are you still solid on this trade? 
I'm, I wasn't solid on it when I did it. When I, when I projected it, I'm still not solid on it. I, I, um, you know, I, I think they'd really like to, I like to trade down. I think they're motivated to trade down. Um, I think if they're going to trade down, they're going to have to take a little less than, than full value for the pick. Is there any other dance partners except Washington, or are they the only dance partner? I think right now, it, you know, if there is one, I haven't been able to. And I, I don't believe Cincinnati, because Cincinnati will not move up to spend money yeah. ever, so you know they that. Haven't yeah, done yeah. The, they don't have history of doing it. The they, won't even, just, they won't even give you an extra T-shirt in, yeah. if you're the Bengals. I mean, so yeah. forget it. They're not doing that. We know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and the Giants and the Jets have no history of trading with each other. I mean, no. who else would be coming no. up for Haskins? I just, no. I, I honestly like. I, I think that the the idea that Oakland could take Haskins did juice the market a little bit initially. I just, I don't know that the partner is going to be there. And I think because of that, if the Jets are really motivated to add picks, they may have to take a little bit less than full value for that pick. And then the question becomes, do you do that? Um, would you rather have Ed Oliver or Quinn and Williams at three, or would you rather have a multitude of picks? And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, an offensive lineman or Noah Fant at 15. I think that's the question they're going to have to ask themselves. And, and let me get the four. We're talking with Albert Breer, who joins us all the time on the NFL, uh, his mock draft. Let me get the four for a second because I really, and I can say this having known him because as I grew up on the NFL today, I actually used to talk to Al Davis because I worked for the Greek and they were, they were very close. So I, I know Al Davis and uh, I really think John Gruden has inhabited some of his uh, person uh, personality traits uh, now yeah. that he's gotten older and that means he can be as wacky on draft day as Al used to be. Um, mm-hmm. What is this rate of surprise we are hearing about? So we've heard Quinnen Williams there, right? You've right. heard Devin White. That wouldn't be a shocker, the linebacker from LSU. Is the surprise a quarterback? You've heard Haskins. I think Haskins is Haskins is one that I think hey, – look, at the very least, it's hard to separate what's real and what's not this time of year, right? But the drumbeat on Haskins going to the Raiders really started when those scouts left the building last week. So that's out there, whether that's designed to get somebody to try and move up and trade with them or even trade up with the Jets and push another player down to them. It's possible, but that's out there. The one player that John Gruden said they're really liking this year's draft, Mike, and I don't think they'd take him at four, but if there was a shocker, Josh Jacobs, the running back from Alabama, everyone in the NFL thinks higher of him than the general public knows. Very good player. I think John Gruden would love to get him in the draft. I think he's he really love- good. I think he he's would- really good, too. I, I think yeah. he's a nice kid, too. I talked to him at the, at yeah. the su- Super Bowl. I was very impressed by him. Now, that might be a bit of a reach, but I think he's a talented player. That would yeah. be a reach, though. That would be it'd a real be, reach. It would be, yeah. be a huge reach. But, yeah. I mean, if there's one shocker, but that's the one. So you don't think he's taking a quarterback, though? If I had to guess right now, I would say no, they aren't taking the quarterback. All right, now the next one is is interesting because do you think the Bucks are gonna are gonna take? You now everyone thinks I I really believe this that everyone thinks the Bucks are gonna take uh, Devin White because he's like the reincarnation of Brooks, so that he's like you know the next guy mm-hmm. who's gonna play that same position and one of their all time favorite players. Uh, now that's a good thing for the Giants because I think the Giants would be doing uh, I think they'd be doing yeah. handstands if Josh Allen was on the board at six. So yep. I mean. So in your scenario, you think that could happen? Yeah, I, I think. Well, I think part of this for Jason Light, the general manager there, who's now in his third coach, is you know, you, I think he wants to hit this one in the middle of the fairway, you know, and uh, and this kid's a can't miss. He's a can't miss. Is, right. Well, I mean, like go back. All right, so two years ago when the Jets drafted Jamal Adams, right? Like you right. heard 
coming out of LSU, this guy's a culture changer. And we've seen it from him, right? right. Like he's got those yeah. leadership skills. Yeah. The LSU people say the same thing about Devin White. No, I he's heard this guy's a 10-year pro player. He's a 10-year right. starter. He's a, right. They said if you want a kid who's a 10-year starter, this is your kid. I mean, his is the gonna, yeah. And, and he's going to bring swagger to your defense the same way that Adams has done it for the Jets. You know, like so he's going to. So bring you think they'll take him over Josh Allen though, which is I, interesting. I, 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 I look, I, I, the, the, you, you hear players connected to teams on different levels. This has just been one of the strongest connections we've heard. Okay. I wouldn't rule out Josh Allen because I, you know, you, you separate truth from fiction this time of year, obviously, and that's difficult to do. But I, I just this is one of the strongest team to player connections I've heard over the course of the last two months. And it makes sense. They lost Quan Alexander in free agency. And, you know, Todd Bowles, um, the defense he runs, they value back seven players. Um, and so I just, you know, this makes all the sense in the world. And, you know, it, it, it follows a trail of information that's been out there for a couple months now. All right. We're talking with Albert Breer about his mock draft. And, and you have the one of the guys who's been – one of the hot, wild cards on the on the board, which is Ed Oliver, all o- who's been all over the place. You have him going where? I have him going eight to the Falcons, eight. with the Falcons okay. trading up. Now, I think the Jets are in play, um, and I, I I would tell you this: I, I think Greg Williams has been a big advocate of his in the Jets building. And so you think the Jet, but but uh, so you think the Jets overlook some of the personality stuff and take yeah. a guy who one guy told me before the during bowl season, that this was the best player in the draft. That, but he also is a bit of a wild card. He is, and this is a this is a Greg Williams player to a T, like a havoc wreaking player, right? right. Like in, with an attitude, is, with an he attitude. May not, he may not be Aaron Donald, but right. like you know, you can look for him to be the sort of disruptor that Aaron Donald was. Um, and, and he might maybe, tell you to go, you know, right, you know, kiss as, off, right? And yeah. not as complete a player. Like the right. problem with him is not as much as anything else, Mike. It's the kid was the kid's been a little sheltered, right? Like, and so, he didn't get along with his coach, evidently, yeah, right? He's never left Houston. He's never left Houston. He uh, was a was a top recruit. Went to you know went to school in town at the University of Houston. His high school head coach got hired by the school, so he's always sort of had this cocoon around him, you know. And he's sort of always had his way because he because he went to the University of Houston. He was treated a certain way because they're not used to having recruits at that level. And so, I think there was a little bit of, of that that came out at the end that was, you know, he was bigger than the program. And so I don't think it's incorrectable, uh, but I think there was certainly that sort of feeling around him at the end at Houston. And so that's why some teams have had some questions about that. Is there a little bit of a superstar to him? And so, uh, you know, I think that that's something that's manageable, especially in the way that I think Adam Gase and Greg Williams and all those guys are going to set up that program. I do think it's manageable, but it's obviously something that a lot of people have the radar up for. We're talking with Albert Breer about the draft. Now, the guy you have going seventh to Jacksonville is the guy that I think, other than Bosa, will be the fastest to be an all-pro, and that is Jonah Williams. I think this guy is a can't-miss. I think he might be a better guard than a tackle, but I think he is a can't-miss on the level of... I said Zach Martin was a can't miss. This guy is a can't miss Pro Bowl line uh, offensive lineman. Can't Here. miss. You know why? Because he's a great kid. He's mm-hmm. a football player. He's a smart kid. He's a tough kid. He's got everything you could. He's coachable. He's got everything you could ever want. This guy. 
You're on it, Mike. I mean, I, I think the biggest question with him is just what position he plays. That's all. You but know? I think he can play both. I, I, I got a right. feeling he might be a better ta- guard than tackle, just me. Right. You know, maybe I'm wrong and he's a tackle. So uh, I mean, one, people, he's going to be really think, good. Some people think his best position actually might be center. The really? Okay. actually asked him to play center, but okay. that's the type of versatility he has. I mean, you just got to find a home for him, but he's going to be a really good player for a long time. I agree. And, and, and the thing is, remember what Coughlin's been through there over the course of the last year. Yeah, they have no offensive with, line. Hey, with, hey the guys with, the Giants with, cut went to Jacksonville last year. That's all you need yeah. to know. And not just that, but Fournette, right? Like they dealt with the Ramsey thing. So I think what, what Coughlin's trying to do here, and this is why I think they take him over the Florida kid who's a more natural tackle. The cultural fit's really important this year for, for, for Tom. And I think what he wants is the type of guy who's going to be a program guy. And that's exactly what Jonah Williams Oh, I agree. Coming from Nick Saban's program in Alabama. So not only is he a really good player, a safe pick, but also the type of guy who is going to fit into the way that Tom Coughlin wants his building to operate. All right. The other guy who's gotten kind of folk hero status is this uh, Hawkinson at Iowa. Yep. Now, they like Iowa tight ends. They also like players produced by Ferenc and the pros. But this guy, I mean, they're talking this guy up like he's going to be, you know, a, a all-pro player. He's not Gronkowski. Um, you know, I don't think. Uh, most people that I've talked to have said, you know, like Heath Miller, like one of those types of players. He's going to be in the league a long time, be a really good player and be the type of guy that you can do a lot of different things with, right? So it's rare now that you can find a tight end who can block like a tackle and catch like a receiver, but that's what this guy sort of is. He's not Gronkowski. He's not freakish like him, but he can be that sort of clean on the chessboard for you, which is really, really valuable in today's NFL. Plus, he's a great kid. So, uh, you know, Jacksonville taking him at seven. I wouldn't rule that out. If Detroit was going to stick at eight, I would say that they'd be in play there. Denver at ten, and I think his floor – would be 12 to Green Bay. So I think he goes somewhere between 7 and 12. And again, like just like looks like one of these guys that you're going to be able to plug into the NFL. You've seen Iowa tight ends produced in the NFL. Sure have. Uh, you'd be able to plug him right in, and he's going to start for you for a long time and probably evolve into a Pro Bowl type player. Now, you think at 17 the Giants will take Daniel Jones. A, do you think Daniel Jones lasts that long? Because everything I hear – uh, but in from the NFL side and from the uh, agent side, because I'm I, I know the people who represent him, is mm-hmm. that he's flying up the board. This Daniel Jones, he could. I mean, I think sort of. I think what you want to watch is what happens with Washington because Washington, I think, could go Haskins and they could go Jones. And so, if Washington winds up with Haskins, I think that sort of clears the clears the road for Jones to to find a way to get to New York. Um, he's a polarizing player, Mike. I mean, like, I just got off the phone with somebody, um, a college scouting director, who said he thinks he's the best quarterback in the draft. Wow. Um, and that his teammates sort of let him down at Duke, but he was able to sort of fight through that. There are other people who think he's a backup. You know, and so there's... I heard somebody said there was not another draftable player on his whole offense. Yeah, I mean... And that's, a, that's tough line, if that's true. I mean, not, not so a draft... Like someone said, well, he didn't play well in the Clemson game. The Clemson game, the guy had one second to throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, the guy, you can't throw the ball on your rear end. Yeah, so I, I think he's in play for the Giants, yes. I mean, I, I don't know if they take him at six, um, which, I mean, seems a little nonsensical to me because if you're going to tie your job to carry you to a quarterback, why wouldn't you take him at six instead of 17? But I do think that they like him. Um, you hear both ways on Haskins. Like one day you hear they love him, the next year, you, next day you hear they don't like him at all. Um, and you know, I think the other thing you sort of keep your keep your eye on here is 
is what what, what could happen with Josh Rosen because they are one of the teams, one of the four teams. What do you think the price is? I think that I, I think the Cardinals are going to have to move him. I think you Three? might be able to. I think you might be able to get him. I think I think a two might wind up being the price. But I do think that they're going to be. There's, I think there'll be a couple of suitors involved. I think maybe it starts at a three and goes to a two. And look, Mike, I mean, for a two, I'd do it. I would. I'd Listen, I think the Giants, I think there's a very good chance the Giants come out of either this evening or this weekend with Rosen on the team. I could see that. Uh, it, to me, it's an absolute giant move. I can see it a mile away. I mean, okay. I, uh, for a three, that maybe is a conditional two based on how much he plays or whatever you come up with. I could definitely see him being on the Giants. I really could. I've heard Miami also. Right, haven't you heard Miami? Uh, I've heard the four, so the four teams that I heard touch base with the Chargers on them. And again, like this uh, negotiations as far as, I mean, maybe they started the next last hour or so, but when I checked in earlier in the day, there hadn't been any sort of negotiations on it yet. But the four teams that I've heard touch base um, over the last couple of months with, with the Cardinals on them were the Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins, and the Chargers. Gotcha. Okay. Um, who's the guy who's slipping? Who's the guy that you heard about for months who's slipping in the draft? Yeah, I would say Rashawn Gary's one um, that I think is just, the athleticism's all there. The tape doesn't match up. Um, and so he's one to kind of keep an eye on tonight um, and, and, and see where he goes. But, like, I think he could wind up getting into the into the early 20s or maybe somebody like Seattle scoops him up where, you know, on town alone he's a top-ten pick. The real, um, the, 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 the real slider, though, I think is Montez Sweat, the defensive end from Mississippi State. Really? How come? He's got the heart condition. There's oh, okay. some stuff that's okay. happened during the pre, pre-draft process that's rubbed some teams the wrong way. Um, there's bad history um, from, from when he was at Michigan State before uh, he got to Mississippi State. There's just a lot to sort through there, and I know some teams don't really trust him. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden, you know, he flies to the bottom of the round and you see, again, like a team like a Seattle or the Rams or someone like that scooping him up at the very bottom of the round. He's a top 10 talent, um, but, you know, because of all the other stuff, I could certainly see him sliding quite a bit. And then, of course, I think the most interesting kid is probably Jeffrey Simmons, who uh, had the ugly, ugly incident in high school, has a torn ACL, but by all accounts has been, you know, a model citizen since then and a really good kid. And on talent alone, I'm telling you, Mike, this kid, when you get him back from the ACL, like most teams say that based on tape, He's a top three or four player in the draft. I mean, he's right in that mix with Bosa and Quinnen on talent alone. Wow. And so he'll probably be available at the bottom of the first round. And I think you're going to see a team like the Colts, maybe maybe the Eagles, uh, you know, take a flyer on him and say, we can afford to redshirt him in hopes that they get a really, really dominant player in about a year. Interesting. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Uh, also, um, how about this Brian Burns who's flying up the board? Yeah, and he's an interesting one just because he's so. Explosive. I hadn't heard a lot about him till the last week, and so, all of a sudden, everybody's got him in the top the top twenty now. So it's like he's one of these where at Florida State probably played about two twenty five or two thirty, right? Like so, not big enough to play uh, play defensive end full time in the NFL. Shows up the combine, he's at almost two fifty. Plus, they had then a terrible what, year for Florida State last yeah, year. Yep, yeah, and then word was word was he comes back like 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 about whatever a week or two later at his pro day, and he already lost eight pounds. So the question is how big he can get and how 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 good a job he can do keeping weight on. But he's explosive and 
he can be a factor um, in your pass rush. And so I, I, I don't think he goes top 10, but I certainly could see him going like maybe 15, 16. Like if Atlanta sticks at 14, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him 16 at Carolina. I think he probably goes somewhere in, you know, say the 14 to 19 uh, area. Who's the first wide receiver off the board? I think it's Hollywood Brown. Um, that's my guess. Uh, my guess would be that maybe he goes somewhere like Philadelphia or Green Bay at the bottom of the first round. It's not a great receiver class, Mike. A lot of complimentary guys. And so there's some mystery how they're going to come off the board. Uh, I think the top four guys are, are Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown from Old Miss, D.K. Metcalf from Old Miss, and Nikhil Harry from Arizona State. Um, I think you could see a run on receivers where, you know, those four and a few more go maybe between 25 and 45. So I would expect the receiver, the run on receivers, to start either late in the first round, early in the second, and then go for about 15 or 20 days. Gotcha. And how many quarterbacks go in the first round, Albert? I think that I, I took the over-under for you right there at four. Um, I think it's I, – I, I want to say all four are locks, the four that everybody's been talking about, and that's uh, Kyler, uh, Haskins, Jones, and Locke. Locke has slid a little bit. I, I don't think he'll slide out of the first round. The thing is, the two teams that I can connect them to most are Denver and Green Bay, and they've got quarterbacks. So it's a little uncertain whether or not they would take a big swing on one, maybe trade back into the first round and get them. I think ultimately he winds up going in the first round. And so I, I don't think there's a fifth quarterback in the first round. If there was one, I mean, maybe Will Greer sneaks, sneaks in there. My guess is, though, that you just got the four kids and that's it. Will you be shocked if the John, Will you be shocked if the uh, Arizona Cardinals don't draft Murray? I'll be surprised. I would shocked is probably the wrong word uh, because I remember what last year was like and how we all thought Josh Allen and Sam, Josh Allen or Sam Darnold was going to the Browns at number one overall. Baker Mayfield wound up being the pick. So um, I'd say I'm probably eighty percent that it's going to be Murray right now. Uh, all their actions indicate that it's going to be Murray. Um, if it's not Murray, my guess would be is it'd be Quinnen Williams. But I, I, right now, I would tell you, I'm, I, I would tell you, I'm, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that it's going to be Kyler Murray first overall. Would you be shocked if the uh, Niners didn't take Bosa? I'd be surprised by that. I would probably be more surprised if the Niners didn't take Bosa than I would be if the Cardinals didn't take Murray. Um, that, to me, is something that's sort of been in the works for a couple months now. He fits a need. Um, he's, you know, I, I think an all-pro level player um, when he really gets his feet underneath him in the NFL. And so that's a fairly easy one. And it's not that they don't like Quinnen. I think if, you're, if all things are equal, you know, you fill the need. They've drafted a lot of interior linemen over the last couple of years, so I see them. Um, I see them drafting Nick Bosa second overall. Do you? Uh, would you be shocked if Haskins isn't the uh, second quarterback pick, uh, taking Murray out of the mix? No, I, nothing would surprise me at the quarterbacks, just because um, I, I tell you the best the the best way to explain this quarterback class that I've gotten over the last couple of months. I had a quarterbacks coach with an NFC team tell me that this reminds him of 2014. What he meant by that was that if you go to 10 different teams, you may get 10 different lists of the quarterbacks. They may rank 10 different ways. And so if you remember that year, um, just before the draft, we all thought Blake Bortles was slipping out of the top 15. Well, he wound up going third overall to Jacksonville. Um, a lot of us thought that, that Johnny Manziel had a shot to go in the top 10. He went 22nd um, to, to the Cleveland Browns. Teddy Bridgewater fell all the, way down, well, all the way to 32nd. It's that type of year where 
it just sort of depends on what you like. These aren't perfect quarterback prospects, so there are flaws you got to wrap your head around. And so I think the best part of the intrigue tonight is that there's a wide range for each of these guys and where they can go. Um, I don't think any of them. I mean, like Murray, if he if he weren't to go first, I think he could slide a little bit. But I don't think any of them are sure to go in top ten. I mean, I could see a scenario where Haskins or Jones or Locke slips out of the top ten. And the interesting thing, Mike, is if you go back to 2014, the lesson from that year, the two best quarterbacks in that class wound up being two guys who went in the second round. That's Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. And it could be that kind of year again where, you know, we see the order they go in tonight, and that's not really indicative of who the best player winds up being. Listen, enjoy your evening. I'm sure it'll be a busy one. We'll talk soon. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Albert Bria. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.